Hello and welcome to Talking Europe. My guest for this first episode of 2024 is the European Commission's point man on strengthening the EU's social dimension and making sure that workers and job seekers are well supported. Nicholas Schmidt is the EU Commissioner in charge of jobs and social rights. His high-profile career has ranged from being Luxembourg's permanent representative to the EU, Luxembourg's Minister-Delegate for Foreign Affairs and Immigration, and Minister for Labour, Employment and the Social and Solidarity Economy. He joins me from Brussels. Commissioner, thank you so much for being our guest and welcome back to the programme. Uh, we're six months away from the EU elections and I'd like to ask you first, if I may, about your own political ambitions because your name has been mentioned as a possible as the uh, possible lead candidate for the European Socialist Party. Uh, is there anything you can share with us today about that? What's the latest on that? Well, uh, I think that the procedure is ongoing and uh, uh, probably in a relatively short time, we uh, will know more about it, so I I'm reluctant now to comment on that. Mm. As I've said, if I'm asked to take this uh, job, uh, I, uh, I will reflect on it and I can say that I will accept it. What do you think that the left, what do you think their messaging uh, should be in this campaign? Well, to be uh, brief, I'm not the only one to, uh, to draft the, uh, the program, but uh, I think that we really have to address uh, people's concerns. And the concerns are about uh, their purchasing power, the impact of inflation, uh, the stabili stability of their jobs, uh, certainly also uh, security issues. We are living in a very dangerous world. Now we have, uh, as Europeans, to take this fully into account. Um, uh, the Green Deal, I think uh, this is not an invention. This is, as many Europeans now, just now, are experiencing, is a reality, a difficult reality, so we cannot just uh, deny it and not act. So I think there are a lot of very concrete topics, and that's what we have to discuss and convince our citizens that uh, we need a strong Europe, not a Europe divided or nationalistic one, a strong Europe based on solidarity, which can cope with these issues. And, and speaking of solidarity and social protection, uh, a, a deal was struck a few weeks ago on uh, the so-called gig workers or platform workers. So, for example, uh, food delivery, bike couriers, uh, people like that who've been seen to be in quite a precarious uh, position. But that whole deal is now being held up by France and, and a series of other countries. Um, you must be a bit disappointed about this blockage after, uh, given that it, there was two years of negotiations which led up to the deal. Well, I, I cannot hide my uh, a certain level of disappointment. Uh, there had been a hard negotiation also between uh, the Council, the Presidency, the Spanish Presidency, and the European Parliament to achieve uh, this uh, agreement. But uh, unfortunately, uh, this has not found uh, a qualified majority in the Council. Now, I fully trust the Belgian presidency 
uh, to relaunch this negotiation, to explore where the difficulties lie and to find the right compromise. I know that the Belgian uh, presidency is very committed to find this uh, compromise because it is absolutely necessary to, to, uh, to agree on the right measures to give these uh, hundreds of thousands or even millions of uh, workers, uh, gig workers, in the different areas you have mentioned, mm. uh, social protection and labor rights and fair labor, uh, working conditions. So I think this is really a challenge and uh, we cannot disappoint them. The minimum wage directive obviously uh, has been a, a big feature of the, uh, the, this current European Commission and uh, the transposition of the minimum wage directive into uh, national legislations. Uh, how, how far do you think Europe has come on that question uh, in the last five years of this commission? Well, now uh, the transposition in the, uh, uh, in the member states is, uh, uh, is ongoing uh, with a deadline uh, at the end of this year. Uh, so we are discussing and also assisting member states uh, in this process of uh, transposition. But uh, what we notice now, especially in this period of uh, higher prices, of higher inflation, uh, many member states have proceeded to uh, uh, increasing uh, the uh, minimum wages in order to guarantee uh, the purchasing power, especially of the low wages. So I think this is already uh, an impact uh, the directive has, uh, has had. So I think that uh, uh, this is uh, a process which uh, I think is very important also in the context of stronger uh, social and wage convergence in Europe. Mm. We cannot build a Europe uh, with, on one side, higher wages, bet better wages, and on other parts in Europe with low wages and uh, bad working conditions. I think here we need better convergence, mm. upward convergence. And that's what uh, the directive is aiming at. Uh, skills has been a very a big part of uh, the, the, the last year, it was the year of European Year of Skills 2023. Um, I'm wondering if you have any particular takeaways uh, from that program that you would want to build on uh, in the last few months of your mandate, particularly when it comes to retraining people, because there is still this problem of the long-term unemployed in Europe, which is very persistent, isn't it? Yeah, well, the, 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 the European Year of Skills is going on, on up to uh, May this year. So it is uh, on, both, uh, on both years. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, our first uh, evaluation of the impact of the Year of Skills is quite positive. First, because there is a strong awareness how important uh, training policies, uh, lifelong learning, and this is also a very strong reference to Jacques Delors, because Jacques Delors was a very strong promoter of lifelong learning. Uh, and that's what we need now more than ever, because we are in a period of uh, major technological uh, transitions where jobs are changing with the green transition, but also with, uh, with the uh, digitalization of our, of our economies and societies, by the way. So I think uh, uh, 
what we have now to do is to keep this momentum because uh, this will not end with a year of skills. This is a process we have to sustain for the coming years. Um, a question about uh, Ukraine and the uh, refugees that are now working uh, in the EU. As you know, the uh, Temporary Protection Directive has been extended till 2025. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts of uh, the impact of uh, Ukrainians that have come into the EU onto the labour market and the, the long-term prospects for them. How do you see that? Well, uh, the numbers are, are quite important. You know that uh, nearly 8 million Ukrainians and uh, the biggest portion of our women and children have come to the European Union to seek protection from this barbaric war uh, of uh, Russia against, uh, against uh, their cities, uh, their schools and hospitals. This is the first point. I think... Uh, we, we need to keep the solidarity with the Ukrainian people very high at all levels. Uh, now, uh, uh, about four million have asked for the temporary protection, and uh, a lot, uh, about two million, have uh, got a, a, a labor contract, so are working. Uh, unfortunately, there is margin for improvement here mm. because uh, many of them... Uh, have difficulties to find work, but also to find work at the right level, because we still have difficulties to identify their skills, their competencies, to recognize their diplomas. There are doctors who cannot work as doctors because we do not recognize uh, their diploma, d although we have, as we all know, shortages here. D does that lead to what you just said? Does that lead to social dumping if they can't work at the level that they're supposed to be, that they then get paid less? No, I... I yeah, I, I would say... It, I, I would not exclude absolutely that there are cases of social dumping. And I really appeal on, on, uh, on member states, but also on all kinds of services... Uh, to combat very efficiently, uh, and also on social partners, employers, to combat, uh, and unions, to combat this social dumping. The point is that uh, if you uh, have a, a diploma, if you have a certain level of competence, well, the fact is that uh, uh, we have not yet a level of recognition of these diplomas in the EU countries uh, because... Uh, well, uh, there, there's not an absolute correspondence between Ukrainian diplomas and, uh, uh, and uh, EU ones, but we are working on that. And this is, I think, a very important element, not only, by the way, for the Ukrainian refugees, but also in our own interest to use uh, people's skills at the right level. We'll have to leave it there. We've run out of time, but thank you so much. Uh, for being my guest, uh, Commissioner Nicola Schmidt, and I'll be back after a break to continue uh, with this edition of Talking Europe. So do stay with us.